Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in with me each and every Friday. And I know we miss some here and there, but we try to be consistent uh, with uploading every Friday. So I'm thankful that you've been listening. We had a good response to last week's episode and the weeks before that. As we've been looking for the past few weeks at a series on identity and uh, how that fits in and lines up with scripture and a very uh, much needed topic for our day, especially in struggling teenagers and adult Christians, just all across the board, they're struggling with their identity in Christ. And so we're not necessarily done with that series, but we're going to take a break today and look at a, just a different topic. And then I'm going to have someone else on the podcast in a couple of weeks to close out the identity series. Just haven't been able to nail down a time when we could get together and record that podcast. And so we're looking forward to that episode, but today's going to be a quick episode. Really, the Lord has just uh, impressed on me just a thought. And uh, really, I think it's very applicable to the church today. I think it's very applicable to teenage Christians. I think it's very applicable to middle-aged Christians, elderly Christians, uh, no matter your gender, no matter your race, no matter who you are. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's something that we all should think about. It's something that we all should analyze ourselves and ask, okay, how am I spiritually? And we talked last week on the podcast with Christiana about instead of looking in the mirror and analyzing yourself physically How about we look and we take a heart examination or a spiritual examination and see how we're doing spiritually, see how we're doing in our relationship with the Lord. And so something that I see and something that we've probably all struggled with at times in Christianity is we want to just look the part. We want to just be the Christian that everybody looks at and says, that's the model Christian. And so we really don't want to let our dirt, we don't want to let our sin, we don't want to let uh, our our wretchedness, our wickedness. We don't want to let that show. And so a lot of times what we try to do and what we see in churches is people try to uh, be an appearance-based Christian. And so you might be asking yourself, well, what does that look like in my life right now? What does it look like uh, to be an appearance-based Christian? So we're going to title this episode today, Barren Fig Tree Christianity. Barren Fig Tree Christianity. And if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 11. Really, we're not going to be long. It's just a truth. Really, when I was doing personal devotions the other day, the Lord just nailed me with this truth. And I see it played out. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in lives of others. And it's something that I hear people talk about a lot. And so what does it look like to be a barren fig tree Christian? And what does it mean to be a barren fig tree Christian? So if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 11, we're going to begin reading in verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. For Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now jump down with me to verse 20. It says, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, verse 21, and Peter calling to remember it, saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. 
And so Jesus, it says they were leaving Bethany. He's been, it's, it's, it's an exciting time in the life of our Lord, really. He's heading to the cross. There's a lot going on. The cult has just been brought to Jesus ride into Jerusalem. And so a lot is going on in the life of our Lord and Savior during this time here in Mark chapter 11. And so he's had some busy days. And so he walks by, they're leaving the town of Bethany. He looks up on the hill and there he sees a fig tree. And the Bible's very clear to say, and it was full of leaves. That's very important for us to understand that the fig tree was full of leaves. And so I want us to notice one thing really quickly. We see Jesus's humanity in this verse. We see Jesus uh, as he was hungry. And so a lot of people try to disprove that Jesus Christ was fully God, but yet he was fully man. And here it says he was hungry. So he goes to a fig tree to find something to eat because he was hungry. Listen, Jesus's humanity is vitally important in the role of our faith. It's vitally important in who we are as Christians. It's vitally important in our salvation. It's vitally important in what in the work he accomplished 2,000 years ago for us. Because if he would have just been God, he could not have taken the sin debt of mankind. But he would, if he would have just been human, he could not have resurrected. He could not have been sinless. He could not have done all the miracles that he had done because he was God. And so the beautiful thing about Jesus 2,000 years ago was he was fully God but yet he was fully man. And so he was in all points like we were tempted yet without sin, Hebrews chapter four tells us. And so great truths behind Jesus being a human and fully human. We find that in his hunger. But looking on at the main part of the story, Jesus was hungry and he looks up and he sees a fig tree. Now I've been to Israel and around this area in Jerusalem, there are a lot of fig trees. They're very, they're populated there. And so it says the time of figs was not yet come. So typically the end of spring is when the figs would start to come. And so Jesus looks and he sees the fig tree, but we need to notice one thing about a fig tree. Typically, if they're going to have figs, they've got, they're full of leaves. So a fig tree in Jerusalem, they would first produce figs and then they would sprout their leaves. So this tree from the naked eye, it looked like to Jesus, this tree is full of figs. Jesus walks up to the fig tree expecting it to be full of fruit. He gets to the tree and it's barren. It just has leaves. It's appearing that it's a fruitful tree, but it's actually not a fruitful tree at all. Jesus, one of his judgment miracles, actually the only judgment miracle we find in scripture happens right here. He curses the fig tree and the fig tree withers away. Now you say, what is he doing to this poor fig tree? I mean, he's cursing a fig tree just because he was hungry. And some, some people try to say that Jesus there was being a rash or he was being rude or crude or whatever. That's not true at all. Jesus was giving an application and a teaching lesson to the disciples. Now, Jesus is sovereign. Did he know the fig tree was barren? Absolutely. But Jesus goes to the fig tree because at its appearance, at first glance, it looked like it was full of fruit and that it was a fruit-producing tree. He then looks at his disciples and they're watching all of this as he curses the fig tree for being barren. He says in verse 14, and Jesus answered and said unto it, talking to the tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, this is relating to Israel. Israel has often been categorized or pictured as the fig tree in the New Testament and Old Testament. And so what Jesus is saying here is Israel, we, look, we learn about this in Isaiah, we learn about this early on in Matthew, Israel was a nation that for so long looked to Jehovah God, for so long understood and read the prophecies of God, understood the Old Testament, but yet when the Messiah was born, when the Messiah began his earthly ministry, they rejected him. 
They did not want anything to do with Jesus. He would claim to be the Messiah. He would teach in the synagogues. He would perform miracles. He would literally fulfill prophecy that they've read their whole life right before their eyes. But they rejected him. They didn't want anything to do with him. And so Israel, much like the fig tree at first glance, would be, man, that is a nation that loves the Lord. That is a nation that's on fire for God. That is a nation that is doing all they can do for God. So if you would go to the temple, they were religious. If you would go to the temple, they would keep the law, so to speak. If you would go to the temple, they would do all of the motions. But they never really in their heart had a true relationship with God. In their heart, they never produced fruit. They were just like that tree. They had all of the appearance to be someone that's spiritual. They had all of the looks. They checked off every point to be someone that is spiritual. But yet at the end of the day, they were just as barren as that fig tree. And so Jesus relating, relying a message here to his disciples that Israel is like this tree. Israel has blinders over their eyes. They're rejecting the son of man. And they're looking like they're spiritual, they're religious, but at the end of the day, they have no relationship and they've rejected me as their king and as their Messiah. And so I couldn't help but think of us. I couldn't help but think of the church today. For so long, man, we've, we've loved to go to church. We've loved to wear our Sunday best when we go to church. We've loved to post our, our Facebook post and our Instagram post and our, our Twitter feeds all about Jesus, will share a picture that has John 3.16 on it. And so from the outside world looking in, at first glance, you and I, we, we might look like we're a Christian. Or you might look like you're a fruit-producing Christian. But at the end of the day, really you're like the fig tree and you're like the nation of Israel. If we go to Israel right now, you go to the Welling Wall, you see Jews just on that wall praying praying. They're writing notes and they're sticking them on the wall and there they are. They're just chanting out to God. So you look at the nation of Israel even today and you think, man, what a spiritual nation. But then you understand what they're believing and how they're, what their motives are. And they're just doing it for maybe God to have favor on them, which they don't even believe in Jesus, but they're doing it just so people look at them and think, okay, they're religious. That's a lot of the church today. People want uh, the other people just to look at you and say, that's a good Christian. You want people to look at you and your Facebook post and the way you live and say, that's a good and on fire Christian. They love the Lord. But really, church, saved person today, child of God, ask yourself, am I a fruit producing Christian? Here's something that I've mentioned a lot to our youth group. You can be professing, but not practicing. You can be a professing Christian, but not a practicing Christian, you can be literally like this fig tree was useless to Jesus. And I hate to say these words, but you could be useless to Jesus in your Christianity. Now, he saved you. He bought you. He adopted you. He redeemed you. He's forgiven you. You're loved by the creator more than anybody, just, just, as, much, just as much as anybody. But if you're not working for Christ, if you're being like a barren fig tree, if you're being a barren Christian and living in appearance-based Christianity, you're not being used for the sake of the gospel. You're not letting Jesus use you to your fullest potential because you're acting the part. You're playing the part. You're not actually living like a true sold out disciple. And man, my heart breaks for the church. We have right now in the state of California where there's a church that's being fined $5,000 every time they open their doors and preach Jesus. 
If they sing on a Sunday or a Wednesday, that's an extra one thousand dollars. Now, if they not if they do not give them some sort of a phase or some sort of a plan, it's another five thousand per day. As of yesterday, when I'm recording this podcast, they were up to fifty two thousand dollars that they have been fined all for preaching the gospel. I'm scared to think what our world's going to be like in five to ten years from now. As we have so many Christians right now that act the part, they appear the part, but when the rubber meets the road and it's time to stand up for Christianity, they back down. They never stand up and they're bold in the faith. They back down because at the end of the day, all their faith ever was, was appearance. It was just a, a, a fig tree. They had the paintings. They wore the clothings. They said the right things. They went to the right meetings. But when the rubber meets the road, they produce no fruit. And we hear this all the time. Don't judge other Christians. Don't judge other Christians for living a different way. But the Bible is very clear that Christians are to righteously call out sin. The Bible is very clear that we will know other Christians by the fruit that they produce. And so Christian today, if you're going through life and you're never witnessing, you have absolutely no prayer life, you have absolutely no quiet time with the Lord, you're not a fruit-producing Christian. You're not producing fruit. You're like the fig tree that from first glance, you look like you're a Christian. But as someone starts to examine you and as Jesus takes a closer look at your heart, you're fruitless and you're barren. And Jesus curses that type of Christianity. Jesus curses that type of nation. Jesus curses that type of tree because he says, this tree is useless. This nation is useless. I need people that are going to be sold out and committed to me and are willing to take up their cross and follow after me today. And so a lot of times Christians, they recommit. They make commitments to Jesus. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you want me to do. But then weeks, months, days, even hours later, they go right back to just putting on the appearance. They go right back to putting on the mask. And First Peter calls it hip- hypocrisy. Literally, the Greek word means you're putting on a mask, being someone that I'm not. And so I'm scared. I, w- I would be scared to know how many Christians fill our churches today that are simply appearance-based. You say, well, how do I, how do I know? Well, how, what, what's your prayer life? What's your Bible study like? Do you witness? Are you all about Jesus Is Christ what you think about? Is Christ who you dwell on? What's your motives? What's your ambitions? And are you seeing people saved? Are you seeing people grow as a result of your ministry and your witness for Jesus Christ? If you can answer today and say no, listen, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He wants us to be a fruit-producing Christian. He wants us to be useful for the gospel. He wants us to be useful for the kingdom. And so will we let him? Today, church, I pray you're not content with being a barren fig tree Christian. I pray you're not content with not with sitting by and watching our world get further and further and further away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We all need in 2020 to not be consumed with politics, to not be consumed with everything else that's going on in our world. We need to be consumed with Jesus and his message. Jesus and his message. If we're, if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in everything else that we forget who we truly are. We're a new creature. We forget that this world's not our home. We forget that we're just pilgrims passing by and that we have citizenship in a new world that we're going to one day. So it's about time we represent the king. It's about time we represent Jesus and we stop living this fruitless lifestyle.
I'm praying for you today. And I pray, listen, this was short. This is just a thought that the Lord laid on my heart a couple of days ago. And I've shared it with our youth group very briefly on a Zoom call. And uh, I really did. It just spoke to me. And uh, I'm burdened for our world. I'm burdened for our churches. I'm burdened for our youth. I'm burdened for our country. I've got a heavy burden on my heart that so many Christians are sitting by and just trying to look the part. They just want the certificate. They just want the pat on the back. And in 2020, church, listen, if you're listening today, in 2020, we need more sold-out disciples for Jesus Christ. We need Christians that are producing fruit, Christians that are lock, stock, and barrel, Christians that with a backbone of steel are standing up for the cause of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm praying for you today. Thank you so much for tuning into the I'm Persuaded podcast. Again, if you have any questions you would like to be answered on this podcast, email them to me, text them to me, Facebook message them to me, uh, however you would like. I would love to answer those questions. And like always, they are anonymous. And I appreciate your faithfulness to tuning in with me. I appreciate your prayers. Have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.